Welcome, everyone, to the show called A Balanced Life for You, where you can design the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Coach Rhonda, and today I have a very special guest. Her name is uh, Jane Norman Gwynn, and she is a UCLA-trained, licensed, registered nurse and a nurse practitioner in family planning. She's a certified professional sex coach through Sex Coach U and a core energy life coach. She's a leader for the Our Whole Lives program. Jane finished her Ph.D. in clinical sexology at the Institute for the Advanced Study of Human Sexuality in San Francisco. But what she's really proud of is her, th- her passionate 30-year marriage to the love of her life, Jim. They're raising a big family, talking by the hour, and loving each other. Jane coaches women and men who are finally ready to get what they want in the bedroom. So today we're going to be talking with Jane, and we want to find out a little bit more about her because my listeners are also women in business, working from home, raising their children. So Jane, what I would love to ask you first is, would you please share with the listeners a little bit more about you and your journey, because it is one of the most interesting stories I think I've heard yet. Thank you, Rhonda. It's so nice to be here with you and your listeners. And I do love talking about um, this interesting journey, and it is fascinating even to me because, frankly, I never expected to become a sex coach. In fact, uh, it's funny, my my youngest child, who's 12 years old, named Max, was in the back seat of a car with a mom who didn't know her uh, yet, and she said, hey, Max, what does your mom do during the, the, the day? Does she, you know, she have a job? And he said, uh, she said uh, that he kind of paused, and then he said, my mom's a sex coach. And uh, the whole car just uh, broke up in laughter because then, you know, the mom, who, uh, again, didn't know me and didn't know the way I work with people, um, had to explain to her son what is a sex coach. And what she said was, Parker... Uh, Max's mom helps mommies and daddies who want to have a happier life, and she was exactly right about that. So it's been an interesting process for me, uh, being a mom and working with couples on the very important topic of human sexuality. And um, really, I I work as a therapist, would work. I I work in a talk-only manner in my office here in downtown Portland, so it's not quite as exciting as you might think it would be, but still, you know, when your 12-year-old is talking about it in the backseat of a, a Prius, it still is a little bit uh, maybe embarrassing for the other mom, but certainly very funny. <laughs> I, can only, I can only imagine that mom and the facial expressions, and uh, it's got to be something very similar to the first time my daughter was in the backseat of our car, and she had her first encyclopedia, a um, very avid reader at an early age, and I will never forget the day she says to me, so, Mom, I'm a little confused. I said, what about, honey? She goes, I don't understand. How does the sperm get to the egg? And I think I almost pulled off the road because <laughs> she was about six. Uh, yep. <laughs> so yep. I, I can only right. imagine. So, Jane, you know, what I think I would love to know, um, as well as some of my listeners, what is it that you do that you, en- that you enjoy most about your, um, your current coaching field? Oh, wow. That's such a good question, Rhonda. I absolutely love my job. 
what I do is work with uh, couples, and primarily my couples are, fall into the category of sexless, which means that uh, they haven't been sexual with each other in any significant way uh, more than six times in the previous year. So very um, kind of disconnected couples, couples where there's very little touching. These couples typically don't hold hands. They don't hug. Uh, most of them really have very little other kinds of affection together. And it's a very devastating experience for these couples. And many of the people who work with me come to me from marriage therapists or marriage counselors, and they're really facing the ends of their marriages if they don't somehow start becoming physically connected together and somehow get over the barriers that that have developed in their relationships. Sometimes they've only been married a few months even. Others have been married for many years. So what I love about my work is um, connecting with these couples, men and women uh, typically, and um, and helping them to really understand how to create a simple plan for, uh, for, for a reconnection and understand themselves and each other in seven different areas. So it's, it's just a fascinating, very challenging, and everyday different kind of, of work that I do. Wow. I, I, you know, I have to tell you, when I first heard you start to describe your clients, um, I had a little question mark that popped in my head. And, but when you said disconnected, um, I think a lot of people can really relate to that, unfortunately. Um, disconnected physically with the touching and the hugging. I'm curious, do um, a percentage of your clients come to you who are maybe have uh, a family, children? Oh, yeah. Um, many of my clients do. In fact, um, I've, I've actually... Uh, just finished writing a book called Too Busy to Get Busy, and its subtitle is How to Fix Your Almost Sexless Relationship. And in that book, I talk a lot about the influence of, of the busy lives. And, and having kids, you really, you know, as we all know, you know, I have six kids. My kids range in age from 12, that would be Max, who's in the backseat of the Prius, to my <laughs> daughter, Rachel, who's 29 and lives independently in Washington, D.C., working for a nonprofit. So um, we've been really busy for many years. And um, so that too busy piece that comes with raising uh, children is, can really get in the way of so many things. It can get in the way of our own excitement and um, fulfillment in work, life, play. But it certainly gets in the way in the bedroom for many of us. And this is unfortunate because one of the ways that can decrease stress in our lives is to stay connected emotionally, physically, sexually with each other. It's known, studies have proven, that this is one of the ways you can decrease depression, can increase a sense of fulfillment and well-being, being loved. But it's one of the first things that goes off the list. Um, you know, that doing it is not very often at the top of the to-do list. Um, and it's a, it's a problem for many, many couples. It's challenging, definitely. I hear that. And I can imagine that if um, they're disconnected, it can also have some kind of um, impact or effect on their communication with their children as well. Yeah. And even the, um, the modeling that we're doing for our, our mm-hmm. kids 
um, what we can expect our kids to be looking for in their relationships going mm-hmm. forward. Um, that's part of what we're, we're showing our sons and daughters is what it means to be in love, what it means to be a, um, an adult couple. Does that mean that we you know, are, are still madly in love after many years? Um, mm-hmm. when, we, when we maintain priority on sexual connection, we're able to show that to our kids. But when, we, when, when the relationships, you know, don't flourish in that area. And I've got to say that um, we, my husband and I struggled through this ourselves. This is why I know so much about this, is I've lived this life. I, I was the woman who had more interest in making incredible Halloween costumes than I did in sex for many years. And it wasn't that we weren't sexual. It's just that it had kind of fallen down into a different part of our relationship. And um, we had challenges. And and through those challenges, I rekindled my interest in in being a sexual woman and really identifying that way and not just as a mom. And that's really how I got into this work in my business is because it it was something that was important in my own personal life. Ah, well, there kind of goes into my other question I was going to ask you. Was there a specific event or time in your life that led you to go in this direction? Yeah, well, thank you for asking that because there, it really, it really, there really was. And, and what ended up happening in, in our relationship is that because I was so, you know, well, frankly, I was, I was super mom. I don't know if you've met her before, but <laughs> I was her. I was super mom. I was, again, I had the Halloween costumes uh, just were like a huge thing for me. I was the brownie leader, and, and I love all these activities that we do for our kids. Uh, but I think sometimes in my case, I guess I can just speak for myself, I really overdid many of the things that, that could have been done in a more proportional way. And I was often exhausted, and I really, I felt that we had, I didn't have much to really worry about in our relationship because I knew we loved each other very much, and we did. But there came a time when I realized that we were becoming disconnected, and my husband doesn't mind me sharing this story, it's included in my book, but he became emotionally connected to someone at work. And it was very lucky for me that they didn't end up having, um, uh, a physical affair, but it was devastating anyway because I realized that I had lost some that that intimate connection with him, and somehow it was being um, he was he was texting another woman, and and I was somehow so upset about the Cheerios on the floor, mm-hmm. and you know could he please pick something up at the market or the cleaners, maybe not even with the please like. Can you get that? Yeah, sure. Goodbye. Yeah, got to go. Busy. That kind of thing. Really irritated. Really upset about um, everything I had to do. You know, I'd really lost track of that sense of joy in my life because I was feeling very burdened by my parenting. Even though I adore my kids, I'm very fortunate and really love being a mom. But I just really lost track of my inner self. And um, so through a lot of excellent professional help and a lot of reading and a lot of communication and really going within, we um, have created, out of that challenging time, a fantastic relationship that we work on every single day. And um, so, yes, my own personal experience did definitely influence my decision to become a sex coach and to 
who attempt to work with women and men who are in these same types of lifestyles, where they're super busy, where they're, uh, you know, there's many of my people, super successful people, super busy people, really nice people who are trying very hard to do everything right in their lives, take care of those kids, haul them to the soccer games, uh, take them to the, to the music lessons <laughs> and trombone players and cello players and everything, you know, just all the things that we do, that we try to do to have our, mm-hmm. help our kids have a great life. So those things, though, can definitely take um, a toll on the relationship when, when they um, take over, at least for me personally, when it, it started to take over who I was. And um, eventually... Um, it meant that we had to do some deep soul searching in our relationship and we uh, eventually then, you know, kind of found our way out of the forest and, and so I'm helping other people take that path, take that journey uh, so that they can create a beautiful, long-lived relationship as well that's, that's passionate and sexy and, and tons of fun. Oh, my goodness, that's beautiful. So I'm going, to, I'm going to guess that that might be part of your drive to help other people find that passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. It really helps. It really changes things. If you can keep that going, not that it's all that easy all the time, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, we don't necessarily, um, you know, it's not always easy to, to find passion in every day. We're still very busy. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible to have it every day, um, but I agree with you. If that's something, it's important that you make it a priority. Would, mm-hmm. you, would you say that that's really what it comes down to? If it's a priority, we, we find a way to make it happen? Yeah, and, and, I, and I'm not even just talking about sex. I'm talking about connection right. and intimacy right. and just politeness, um, um, listening, uh, finding out what, what makes the other person tick. Uh, being open to uh, the experiences, the energy, emotion of your mm-hmm. partner. And um, it's really, it's a fun, it can be a really fun game. There's so many fantastic things that people can learn about each other. I mean, mm-hmm. you got the license. I remember one very senior lady I talked to one time, she was so cute and she had this great sexy relationship with her husband. She had terrible rheumatoid arthritis, all sorts of stuff that was you know, would have meant you would have thought looking at them they, they had no passion in their marriage. But she looked at me and she said, Well, we've got the license, we're certainly gonna use it and I thought, Wow, that's really cute <laughs> But I, I was, you know, in my twenties at the time and I thought, Wow, what's with that? That seems strange. But in retrospect, of course, we you know, this is you know, you got the license. Use the license. Absolutely. I'm going to ask you, one of the questions um, I'm curious about, too, is, and I don't know if you've covered this, so forgive me, um, how long have you been a uh, sex coach? Well, that's a good question. I haven't been a sex coach for that long. Um, I graduated about five years ago, mm-hmm. so four or five years ago. I'm just looking at my certificate. I guess, yeah, about about four years ago. Okay. Um, so it's been it's a fairly recent situation for me is a fairly recent part of my life. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so not that long ago. Yet a 30 marriage has a lot to do with it. So that, that's, that has a lot to, um, that has a lot of weight. I guess that's mm-hmm. what I was going to say. That carries a lot of weight with what you do. Um, so Jane, as a mompreneur, so that means you are a mom, you're working from home, you're raising children. 
Uh, you did t- say before you had children in your ages 12 to 29, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So we all want to know, raising a family of um, that many, and you're very passionate about your marriage and your life, what do you do or how do you relax when you're not working on your business? What do you do for you? Um, you know, that's, that's a, a really important question for me to keep asking myself because that is still something that I struggle with is maintaining balance within my life. And I love the fact that you cover this and that that's what your um, message is, Rhonda, as you're talking with all of us who are listeners of your show. And what I do uh, is I, I like to um, travel. Um, sometimes I combine that with work-related travel. I like to uh, – I live in Portland, Oregon. I think I mentioned that. It's beautiful mm-hmm. here. I do a lot of walking. I like city walking as well as hiking in um, the beautiful environment here. I read. I like to go to special little tea shops and get special little you know, pots of tea and, um, you know, I really enjoy talking with women friends and other people who have similar interests to mine. A lot of my people that I, I know are entrepreneurs of different types. We don't have the same business uh, topic, but we have mm-hmm. similar interest areas because we're, many of us are working online or we are working, um, we're writing. I, I belong to some writers groups, that type of thing. So it's a, a lot of it is interior work and some of it is physical. You know, I exercise, like, you know, I exercise, I do yoga, um, I dance, but the dancing is mostly on date nights with my husband. So, you know, we go out dancing sometimes, that kind of thing. Well, that sounds like fun. We're going to be starting that ourselves really soon. And it's so important. I'm glad to hear that you do take time out for yourself and you have um, a wide variety of things that you do. Um, what I always also ask are, um, I know as a woman in business, there have been many challenges in my life that I've had to face and acknowledge and figure out how to overcome them in order to maintain and grow. Um, have you experienced any difficulties or challenges um, in your you know, lifespan or while raising your children and working that you feel like you've managed to overcome? And if so, um, would you share how you did that? Oh, yeah. Well, that's just so it's like a daily experience. <laughs> My life, like every single day. And there's something about... I don't know if it's those of us who are drawn to this type of lifestyle. Now, you mentioned I work from home, and I do do a lot of work from mm-hmm. home, but I also um, eventually, this, and it's been two years that I've had my office, I, I rent a space in an office building downtown, and that has been one of the ways that I've overcome a challenge, and the challenge is feeling distracted and having so many things happening um, all around me while I'm trying to write or create course content, um, communicate with clients, develop materials, that type of thing. But, and it has been just fantastic. And I, I know some people, uh, perhaps it's not a great fit for everyone to do this kind of thing, but just for me, having this room, this space for myself, and I, I, it's, it's in an old building, it's not an expensive office by any means, but I painted it pink, including the ceiling. I bought um, you know, posters and put them on the wall. I have plants 
lights and furniture, used old, you know, fun furniture in here. And I do see clients here too, which is really fun. So then mm-hmm. I'm able to see people in person and um, when they live in my community. So I have found having a room of my own to be just an absolute blessing to me and to my business. And so that's one of the things I've done is to create space for myself where I can actually work. And um, to, it allows me to have that mental presence that is sometimes difficult for me when I'm in, in my home where we have the, the huge number of, you know, all the kids and the kids have friends. Then we, of course, have to have five pets. I'm not sure why I have three cats and two dogs, but we have three cats and two dogs. So every time the doorbell rings, you know, they, the dogs bark and the cat, you know, it's just crazy crazy over there so I you know I'm I I get away from my house sometimes so that I can work and I I use my office um, to become more effective in my business and it has to be it has to pencil out well for you Mm -hmm. to do it that way but Pam Slim who wrote Body Work I don't know if you know her her book it's just fantastic I was um, in a group coaching situation with her once some years ago she was speaking and someone asked a question about work-life balance and her recommendation to this woman and these this couple both work from home neither of them they didn't have any children at that time but her recommendation was get an office and I went home and I got an office because I really heard what she was saying that when you work from home and you do not have any space to yourself, even if you have an office in your home, um, you it's it's harder to really just claim your own like the air that you own. My kids are never in my office, so I'm here in my office right now, and. Um, I just I walk in here and I say hello beautiful office every time I walk in hello beautiful <laughs> office I'm so happy to have a room of my own it's very funny oh, um, I'm I, you here I am giggling with you not at you I just want to clarify that oh um, yeah I get that and you know again um, another mom from home I do work from my office and I do have lots of animals and um, I can really relate to the dogs barking so. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I love that tip and suggestion. If it works into your life, if you have a kind of business where you can get that outside office space, um, do it. Create the space and allow yourself to be mentally present. I think that's um, what a great tip. And I'm going to take that um, as part of the tips for the mompreneurs. Uh, do you have any other tips for mompreneurs who are working and raising children? Well, um, the get up early tip, people often give it, and I just swear by that. I get up extremely early. And, um, and then figuring out how to balance that early time of your day with the type of activity that, you, um, that, that fits it. You know, obviously, I get up at like 4 o'clock in the morning. At that time of day, most of the things that I might be wanting to do are not available to me. However... Some of the things that I, I tend to procrastinate, like I take a lot of online courses, and those courses are piling up in my inbox. <laughs> and I, um, so that's when I now have you know, decided I'm going to be listening to and absorbing that material because it's a quieter time of day. There's no distraction. I really can't do a lot of other things. 
when I was writing my book, that's when I wrote. It's a good time for blogging if you're a blogger. It's a good time for um, just clearing your mind, doing planning or scheduling activities. So that get up early um, suggestion that's so often given and have a morning ritual. So even mm. if it's a five-minute meditation like what I do, listening to a Pandora meditation station, or I do then a 10-minute life journal, a journaling experience in the morning. It's not brilliant. It's just, you know, I just get into an online journal and journal for 10 minutes. I use my timer on my phone. And um, those types of things kickstart my day so that I'm able to be more effective going forward and, um, and just have a better experience all the way around. Oh, I love those tips. Well, when you list all those different rituals, I'm curious, do you have a favorite ritual that you've created that you would say has had the biggest um, impact on your day? Um, well, I use some tools that my, my – that morning ritual is really huge for me. I also – this is actually kind of funny. I like three candles using regular matches out of a match box, you know, those old wooden ones. But, mm-hmm. but, you know, that old-fashioned thing, I use that. I light these three candles. I get my coffee. And uh, my kids, hilarious, when it's winter, I'll put on the fire. And then they come downstairs or upstairs, depending on which child it is. So one of my kids said that it looked like Phantom of the Opera in the house because it was all this light, you know, these candles <laughs> and really dim lighting. And so I, I create this space there where it just feels like I'm – I feel like I am – honoring my work at the beginning of my day. And, um, and I like the dimness of the candles. I don't, I put, you know, one's in the living room, one's on the dining room table. It's really, it makes no sense at all to anybody else. That, you know, why would you light candles at that time of the day? They're not scented or anything. They're just plain candles. Mm-hmm. But the, it, for whatever reason, it becomes part of my morning, and then I feel like I'm ready to go. I'm ready to, to spend some time with myself. So by the time the world gets going, I've already accomplished something, and I feel um, like I feel I'm kind of like I'm in the saddle. I'm ready. I'm ready for my day. I'm kind of tucked in, and um, and um, I'm much more effective when I manage to accomplish that part of my daily ritual. I love how you use the word honoring my day, honoring my day <laughs> myself. I think that's um, so powerful and empowering for women. And mm-hmm. I'm curious if you um, have a day, which we've all had, um, perhaps one of the animals got you up way early, you didn't get enough sleep or one of the kids, and you don't get to do your morning ritual. How does that have an effect on your day at that point? Well, it's, been, it's really tough. And, and this often happens, for example, I, just, I was volunteering uh, last week at, um, actually it's been a week and a half ago, so it's, it's really interesting. So the week before last, I was volunteering at a camp my kids attend. I was in the kitchen there. And um, I didn't do my ritual at all. I came home tired. I was running the commercial dishwasher for 500 people who were eating there. And um, by the end of the day, I was really beat. And I came home, and I went to bed, and I got up kind of on the later side. I didn't get up early at all. I didn't do any of those morning rituals. And when, by the time I got back home, um, I traveled to go to this camp. I got back home, and I was completely off. It took mm. me days to get myself back together. So it was very interesting to see how 
those small steps on a daily basis really do impact my effectiveness. And um, it, it's not, it wasn't just one day that I got off the, out of the habit. It was through this period of this week. And, you know, really, it, really, it, it was really damaging. To, I mean, my last, last week was pretty unproductive. So, um, yeah, definitely, it definitely changes it if I don't do uh, my ritual. Oh, that's that's funny. Um, <laughs> I, I always said to people uh, the same thing, you know, try to create some type of ritual, something that sets the day, sets, um, gives you the energy, the focus, the clarity, mm-hmm. um, what your um, intentions are for that day. And even if you don't have the 15, you know, even if you only have 15 minutes, it's okay. There's something you can do to set that intention. Well, Jane, as we come, we're going to start wrapping up our call, and what I'm going to ask you is, looking at the future, there's a few things that you had mentioned throughout the call, um, and I would love to ask you this. Is there one particular skill that you would like to add or improve that you feel would benefit you in having a more balanced life with that work, personal, and family? Mm. You know, well, um, this word skill there is is interesting for me. What what I'd like is to have a practice um, of um, using the the advice that. That, that beautiful author who wrote The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, the practice mm. that she suggests in that book, I would like to maintain and you know, establish and maintain that practice of, of really honoring my space. And I say that knowing that my space at home right this second is just, not at the level. And I want that. I want to create a beautiful space where everything is in the right locations and I've thought about it and there's not a cluttered experience there because I feel like that really affects me when the visual is kind of off. And I don't mean I don't want to be a crazy person who's always on everybody's case about Mm -hmm. having things out of place. I just want to honor my space more. So what I want to do is really just like be comfortable doing those things that this beautiful woman talks about um, in her book and, and really just kind of like not keeping too many things and just the things that I have taking beautiful care, care of them. Her name is, um, I wish my computer would tell me, I think it's Marie Kondo, but I'm not sure I've got that right. I don't know if you know that book. It's, it's a New York Times bestseller. And could you repeat the name of the book? It's called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And it's yeah. a beautiful, she's a Japanese woman. And um, she, it's a small book. It looks more like a meditation book, but it's a, an organizing book. And it's simple to read. She also has YouTube videos of how she mm-hmm. does her things. And she's just darling. And I just aspire to be influenced by her more. So that skill of creating that in my life, that's what I would like to have happen. I think all the listeners are going to love to know that as a busy uh, woman, 
um, mother of many, running a successful career. You know what? You're you're among everyone that I talk to about that um, that environment, and that's one of the yeah. things that I do coach about is the environment is stronger than willpower, and yeah. you you just nailed it right there because when yeah. our um, space, our personal space, whether it be in the office or a bedroom, is chaotic. It has that chaos um, effect on our yeah. life, <laughs> and we totally. kind of seem to fall. We, we spiral into that. So, thank you so much yes. for being honest and sharing that, because I think we all aspire to um, have that tidy lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just mm-hmm. going to ask you this last question, right quick, Jane. Do you have um, any little nuggets or any resources that you would be willing to share that would be useful to our listeners based on what you do? Um, well, I'd love people to, to um, jump over and see my book, Too Busy to Get Busy. If it, it's what I've said. Has any, if you think you know someone or if you've experienced, these types of too busy experiences in your life. And um, it's good for people who have fantastic relationships in the bedroom as well as for people who are struggling. So that would be one thing. And the Mm -hmm. other um, little nugget I have is a site called portent.com, P-O-R-T-E-N-T.com. And it's uh, forward slash tools, forward slash title dash maker. So portent.com forward slash tools forward slash title dash maker. And it's a content idea generator for those of us who do blogging or who create headlines for things that we're doing to inspire people either by email marketing or um, if we're creating uh, products to sell online or in person. This is a really amusing site. When you go there, you can put in your subject into a a box, and then it will create these amusing um, uh, headlines. And I entered the the, um, (laughs) I entered the subject, sexless relationships, and I got why sexless relationships suck more than the new Star Wars, or (laughs) save your marriage using only sexless relationships, or Anyway, it goes on and on. Um, anyway, it's just very interesting. They have all sorts of funny things about clean socks and Taylor Swift and funny different uh, headlines that you can generate on your topic that will inspire you to write better blogs and better email content. Oh, my goodness. Well, how fun um, and amusing all at the same time. Well, everyone, I do hope that you've enjoyed um, this conversation with Jane Gwynn as much as I have. Jane, thank you so much for taking your valuable time to um, share your insight and inspiration um, and tips and tricks for um, our listeners. And for all of you out there, please tune back in again next week to find out more about how you can design the life of your dreams. Be happy with balance and joy. So for now, this is Coach Rhonda, and we'll see you next time. Have a great day. 